we all have to be humble about this virus and what we know and don't know about it. May was a big month. As stay-at-home orders expired, restaurants reopened, so did beaches and churches. People emerging to commemorate Memorial Day together. Crowds pack the sand, many ignoring social distancing. With Illinois beaches closed, thousands flocked to neighboring Indiana. You could barely make out the sand. As social distancing restrictions have eased, some states are seeing record highs of coronavirus cases. Hospitalizations are up, and the Washington Post reports virus-related deaths are up too. As the saying goes, people may be done with the pandemic, but the pandemic isn't done with us. From the Annenberg Studio at the University of Pennsylvania, navigating our desire to return to normal and a virus that's still early days. I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. Before the pandemic, Dr. Ashish Jha saw himself as an evidence-generating kind of guy. The director of Harvard's Global Health Institute, Ashish has published hundreds of studies on everything from wasteful healthcare spending to racial inequities. But now, at a time when what we know about the coronavirus can change overnight, he has adopted a new role. Instead of just being a generator of evidence, I feel like I'm spending most of my time being a synthesizer and a communicator of evidence. Like most everybody, Ashish is worried about the recent outbreaks in Arizona, Texas, and Florida. But he says we know a lot more about the coronavirus now than when we saw the first huge spikes hit this spring. What we know is that being outdoors is lower risk than being indoors. What we know is wearing masks reduces the risk. And what we know is that some amount of physical distance, uh, six feet or more, is helpful. And the last but not least, if you're in a neighborhood or a community or a town where there's a pretty large outbreak, even being outdoors in a cafe six feet apart with a friend can be risky. It's easy, maybe even comforting, to take Ashish's comments as a roadmap for hosting stoop parties and having picnics, and maybe some of us will do just that. But experts like Ashish have got a real credibility problem, at least with some Americans. Like, how much should we trust evidence, especially when evidence changes so fast? Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. At first, lots and lots of experts, like Dr. Anthony Fauci here in a 60 Minutes interview, said, Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. There's no need to wear masks until... So right now, unequivocally, the recommendation is keep the distance physically and wear a mask. Lots and lots of experts, like Dr. Anthony Fauci, said... We should all be wearing masks. Ashish got it wrong, too. In mid-March, if you and I were having this conversation, Dan, and you said, how important is wearing masks? I would have shrugged my shoulders and said, eh, maybe. Not so sure. The virus is going to continue to surprise researchers, scientists. How much should people take to the bank that being outside is safer, wearing a mask is safer, and social distancing is safer. Do we know enough to actually definitively say that, or could this change again? It's a good question. Could it turn out that social distancing just doesn't matter? 
Like that would really mean that everything we understand about disease transmission, not about this, this virus, but every respiratory virus for a century is wrong. No. Like, I just think yeah, you can take that to the bank. Being outside, it really looks that way. Like, the evidence is pretty good. The mask wearing is the one that has been the biggest shift, I would say, in the last couple of months. And uh, the way I see it is, could that turn out to be wrong? I suppose it's theoretically possible, uh, but I'd be pretty surprised at this point. One challenge with these late June spikes, convince the skeptical people who are sick of social distancing to take steps they do not want to take. Have you seen any research, Ashish, in the last few weeks, months, that informs the type of messaging you think needs to be coming from trusted leaders. There is so much spread of misinformation out there. And figuring out how to how to essentially recruit people to be spreaders of truth as opposed to spreaders of falsehood uh, is a really important challenge in front of us. And I don't know that we're paying enough attention to that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Back in April, we talked with several scientists who study human behavior. Based on years of research, here's their advice in a nutshell. The best way to ramp up social distancing is to get peers or local leaders like pastors and coaches, and even experts like Ashish, to keep making three points. One, emphasize that most people are in fact social distancing. Two, focus on the benefits of wearing masks. And three, point out how inconveniencing yourself actually helps other people. So I, I have not sort of tried to describe this so much as like, do it for America. I don't know what that means. While nobody gets that excited about doing something for quote unquote society, people can be motivated to change their behavior if it's going to protect their parents, their grandparents, or their best friend who's got cancer. Those are the things that mo can motivate people. Now, during the summer months, it's easier to be outside, to socialize. But as the fall approaches, schools are contemplating how to bring students back into the classroom. Selfishly, I'm thinking about my 14-year-old son and whether he'll be able to physically show up for his first day of high school as a freshman. So I've been talking to a lot of school districts, a lot of university leaders, looking at a lot of plans. Most people want to try to open up and, and open the schools this fall. And my general gestalt is that a vast, vast majority of them won't make it uh, much past Columbus Day because you'll see large outbreaks. Um, and then they may not open again till March. But Ashish says that scenario totally avoidable if people get even more serious about fighting this virus. 
So there's a set of strategies. I believe we should absolutely have universal masking laws. People are like, I want to be, I don't want the government telling me what to do. And I'm like, you know, you can't go into a retail store and light up a cigarette. Not in most places. It's the same thing in my mind. But single biggest thing is we got to have a really aggressive testing and tracing and isolation strategy with a lot more testing capacity than we have. I know it's boring. It's literally public health from the 19th century. And then do really aggressive surveillance of schools and buildings when schools open up. It gives us a fighting chance. It, it, it makes it likely that we probably can at least get through Thanksgiving and maybe into early December. It's sobering comments like this that have earned Ashish some enemies. Definitely more than when he was doing his own health policy research on topics like hospital admission rates. A lot of people feel compelled to compose a letter by hand telling me what an awful human being I am and how I should go back to where I came from and all of that. Ashish and his family emigrated from India to Canada when he was a kid. Some of it is like, you know, this is, you're just a hack and this is nothing but the flu. That stuff is fine. I mean, it's pretty standard. Uh, my, you know, my, one of my favorites was just so, so pithy, was the person said, you know, you are nothing but a third-rate, third-world academic. And I thought, third-rate, sure. But third world, did you have to throw that in? It was like, you could just insult my intelligence, but did you have to make it racist? Ashish guesses he's gotten 100 to 200 responses like that. He's also gotten positive responses and legitimate disagreements over the evidence. Conversations, he says, he likes having. Final question. If you had an opportunity, Ashish, if you could sort of respond to people collectively, the ones who've been hateful, what would you say? You know, mostly... I try to think about what makes them hateful. And I think it is a combination of fear, worry that the stuff I'm saying may be right when much of what they've been hearing in their world is that I'm wrong. And I think what I would respond back is with the notion that I'm just trying my best to do the things that I care about, that I suspect they all care about. I'm trying to protect my family. I'm trying to... Uh, protect the the community that I live in. Uh, and I'm trying to protect and, and keep as safe as possible the country I live in. Ashish says he's learned that most people are doing their best to understand this virus and get through these hectic times, and that he is going to keep sharing what he's learning no matter what shows up in his inbox. I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. After four long years of medical school, residents across the nation are stepping into their new role as doctors this summer. This year, new docs are training during a pandemic. We hear from one resident about her hopes and fears before her first shift in the COVID ICU. Next time on Tradeoffs. If you enjoyed today's episode of Tradeoffs, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. You can keep in touch with us between episodes by following us on Twitter at TradeoffsPod or sign up for our newsletter at tradeoffs.org. The Tradeoffs team is producers Ryan Levy and Vicki Stern, intern Sabrina Ems, researchers Emily Patterson and Jamie Song, sound designer Andrew Perella, and editor Leslie Walker. The Tradeoffs theme song was composed by Ty Sitterman with additional music from Checky Brown, Purple Planet, and Blue Dot Sessions. 
Additional thanks to Marok Irani and Kim Ryan. Thanks also to all our listeners who help support our work, including Vivian Ho and Susan Carell. Tradeoffs is supported in part by the California Healthcare Foundation, Arnold Ventures, and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Additional support from the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics and the Center for Public Health Initiatives at the University of Pennsylvania. The views expressed in this episode are those of the individuals and not those of Tradeoffs staff, advisors, or funders. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.